Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Inspired Choices Network. You are listening to Financially Speaking. I'm your host, Kathy Cook Noble, and we get together every Monday night live and we talk about financial matters, questions, concerns, confusions, and we try and take all the scary parts of finance out of the finance word and make it so it's user-friendly and understandable. Because as I always tell everybody, and I believe completely, that you can understand your own stuff. And really, that's all you have to understand. You don't have to understand your neighbors. You don't have to understand your, your cousins, your buddies, your sister, brother. It doesn't matter. All you have to know is what is yours and what that means for you and how that can affect you and your family. And, and I always believe that if you do have a, a good understanding of your finances and you're solid with your own personal stuff, then that makes you a bit happier, which makes your family a bit happier and your community a bit happier. And that just spreads throughout our province of Ontario and our country in Canada where we're based. So for those of you just joining us, uh, that's what we do. For those of you who have been with us for many other shows in the past, uh, welcome back. And uh, what I do a lot of the time is we talk about one specific topic and most of the topics I get are questions people have for me, either in my practice as a financial advisor or bookkeeper, um, or I just in conversation when I'm talking to people, they'll, they'll, you know, what's the difference between RSP and a TFSA? And, and we do shows on stuff like that so that people understand it for sure. Uh, but we also have special shows where I have guests that get to come on and share some of their story and share some of their uh fears or, or successes or questions themselves. And we've had a, for me, it's been a, one of my, my favorite things to do is to feature small businesses and talk to small businesses because I come from a family business. Um, I have my own business and I've been in business my whole life. And I think that, uh, with that, without getting it too complicated with the science, um, there's no question in my mind that small business is the backbone of the economy here in Canada and in the U.S., uh, in North America for sure, and frankly around the world. Because if it's not for small businesses, who is one of the largest employers in the country, uh, they're one of the biggest contributors and the biggest part of GDP and how important they are and the role that they play. And especially now we feature small businesses because of all the changes going on in the world. And uh, for those of you who are, are just joining and learning about Canada, uh, we entered into our, our first, third, fourth, third lockdown uh, from the pandemic. And uh, we're now on a stay at home order in Ontario where we are stationed right now. And that, that to small businesses is substantial. That is, uh, when you tell a small business owner that they can't be open and they can't run their business, and when, when and I just want to put into perspective for people, because you hear the term small business, you hear um, the term entrepreneur, and you hear stuff like that, uh, but the reality is, these are people who have put their entire life and future into their business. So when somebody starts a business, they are... 100% in. There isn't, this isn't a part-time gig. This isn't a, let's try and see what happens. This is a, they, 
they they live, they breathe, they sleep and dream about their business. They're 100% in, they have no safety net. They have no guarantee of income. They are taking all the risk. Uh, yeah, they employ people and they absolutely contribute to the GDP and economy, like I mentioned. Um, but when we look at them as a person, they are, and, and I see it all the time in my practice and I see it all the time um, in business when I talk to people. And, and, and I'll give you an example that we all have heard of is Amazon. And when Jeff Bezos started Amazon, he didn't start pulling in the big bucks when he opened that. He quit his job, his guaranteed huge income that he had on Wall Street, and he took a chance on this crazy thing called the internet and this selling books online concept. And it paid off. And there's a and in his case, it paid off well. And he's succeeded and done very, very well. There's a lot of businesses that have tried stuff like that and it has not paid off and it has not done well. And those are the ones we don't hear a lot about. But every single one of them started out with a risk and they had this dream and they wanted to be their own boss. They wanted to be an entrepreneur. They wanted to make a change. They wanted to employ people, impact the community, impact the world. Um, and they took the chance and they take a chance. And then they're now in a position where uh, I totally understand this isn't taking away from the seriousness of a, a COVID pandemic because it definitely affects people's health, health and their lives. But, but from a from a business perspective, when you shut down a small business, you shut down the entire person and their family. So we've had uh, we've been featuring small businesses for the last uh, this series that we've been doing, and for the last five weeks. And I have with me uh, another guest tonight, and and this one is. Uh, kind of exciting, actually, because his story is very, very cool. Dylan Taylor is one of the people that I, I like to brag about a lot, if you want the truth. He has done um, exceptional things. And and I'm, I'm slightly jealous because he started at a, a young a younger age than I did. And I'm like, ah, he got there faster and he was smarter. But he's, uh, uh, he's just a really, really great entrepreneur. And Dylan purchased his business when he was 19. 19 years old, one nine, he was 19, teenager still. And he had been working in the business for three years, three and a half years, when he, when he finally purchased the business, when the opportunity came up. And he's been in business for just over uh, a full year. He's had a full year under his belt. Um, and he has learned, and we're going to ask him about this, but he, I know he has learned a lot in leadership and responsibility and entrepreneurship. Um, and, and a lot of other stuff that's not so much fun, probably like uh, government remittances and bookkeeping and finance. Um, and, and he, I know through our conversations, uh, Dylan's very honored because the business he took over is Chef Bondi Pizzeria. And Chef Bondi in our city of St. Thomas in Ontario, it's been a landmark for 55 years. So Dylan didn't just start a business. He took over a legacy, which is even twice as much stress because Here's uh, something that our here's a business that already has expectations from, from the the community, and to take that on in addition to taking on a business is uh, even a bigger risk and even a bigger responsibility. And Dylan's done it with with such grace and uh, with a lot of success, and and he's well well deserved because he works extremely hard. So Dylan, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no 
So share with us a little bit about, I, I mean, I, I said you got started at 19, which is true, and um, that you took over a landmark, but, but share a little bit about how you got into the, the restaurant business, specifically in the pizza business. Um, so I guess to start, um, I had worked for Phil, um, actually at Chef Bondi for three and a half years. And, uh, over the course of the three and a half years, I kind of, I kind of felt like business was something I wanted to get into. I, I did the majority of the, the stuff that I could do for him there, um, take his orders, um, do his inventory and stuff. And it just kind of felt like something that was right for me. Um, I never really had an opportunity to go further into business other than that at the time. Um, I was working two jobs, so I was busy full time, but I believe his name was Dale. Uh, he bought it uh, from Phil and he was going to move back to Hamilton. So he offered the business to me and that was kind of my in for getting started with business. Um, yeah, honestly, that was just a really good look at getting into business because I I knew kind of what I was doing. I just didn't know how to go about starting business. And I already knew exactly what I was doing there. So it was really natural for me to just kind of take over. And now I only had to do a few more responsibilities instead of learning everything brand new at a new place. So it was definitely a good good head start for me there. And you did something that a lot of people don't do, and you took advantage of the opportunity. There's a lot of people that are presented with an opportunity like that, that either are afraid to take it, or they hesitate too long, or they miss out on it, or they have, they play that woulda, shoulda, coulda game where, you know, oh, I should have done it. Why didn't I do it? Um, How did you come about to decide that, you know what, I am going to take it over? What kind of support do you have from your family and friends and that, that would help make your decisions? That's a very good question, actually. <laughs> um, so when I, uh, I was working at a factory as well as Chef Bondi um, full time, and when uh, he had offered it to me, I obviously I didn't say yes right away. Uh, it was a big commitment. It was going to possibly change my career. So I had to really think about it. Uh, I went to work the next day. And I was kind of just looking around um, and I, I noticed that everyone at the factory was kind of just like, just kind of there. They were just sort of doing their work. And and I actually was at that moment when I realized that, that this is not the right workplace for me. Um, doesn't seem like everyone's just having a good time there. They're kind of just doing their work. No one's really smiling and joking around. I actually... At that moment, when I realized that that was not the place for me, I went to my supervisor and told him that I quit. Uh, I went home, got the money from the bank and uh, paid uh, Dale for the business. And then I went home to my parents and told them that I own Chef Bondi now. It was kind of a a split second decision. But uh, the way I saw it was I don't have a family to put on the street if it doesn't work. I don't have a house to lose. So if I'm going to take a risk, now is probably the best time to take that risk. And I, the way I see it, you can't really get far in life without taking risks. You you have to gamble every once in a while. And uh, yeah, this just seemed like the best possible time to do something like that. And I mean, there's, 
it's not going to affect anybody else if it doesn't work out for me. And uh, that, that, that would be the last thing I want is to me to take a risk and it ha actually negatively affects someone else. So, I mean, if I can solely pull this off myself, then that, that seems like the absolute perfect time to do it. You have nailed it. It's, it's always so impressive because you've absolutely nailed it. And I talk to young people and, and when I say young people, I'm talking sometimes 30 year olds and they're just trying to figure that out now. And, and you're so right. When you're at that age, you have the whole, you have so many years to make up for something if it doesn't go exactly as planned. And, and the beauty of it is that even if it didn't go as planned, you still are going to come away with so much more information and knowledge that you're 10 steps ahead of everybody else and then your next adventure will be even faster i think for you yeah. but but it is going really well <laughs> yeah oh yeah i definitely can't complain um we've had a great first year actually everyone seems to respond really well to uh, me taking over um it was a little bit weird in the beginning a lot of people were telling me that um a young guy i was a little bit too young to be running the business but i think i proved them otherwise very well and uh, the city seems to be loving the food and the way we do business. It's also pretty neat because everyone who works there is 20 or, well, I guess I'm 21 now. So 21 or younger, which is kind of just a neat little thing. You know, you're, you're right. You do have a good staff. And uh, usually I, I just call you, but sometimes I come into the store and I know just with the pandemic and stuff, there's not, it's, you were doing a lot of uh, obviously pickup where you couldn't come in and, but you always have a, a very good energy when you come in your store, like your staff is very nice. And, and the one fella, don't tell him, I always forget his name, but he's the one that's always singing. And it's just, oh, often, yes. <laughs> and, and it's, and I tell everybody all the time because it's, it's so impressive because frankly, you, your generation gets a bad rap because uh, you hear stuff in the news about how they don't want to work your, your age group and all that stuff. And I think I'm like, yeah, but then there's Dylan. <laughs> he's working a lot. <laughs> And he's working really hard and you found good people to work for you that in your, in your place. And, and that speaks well of you, I think, because uh, you hire a lot of people that are, are like you and that will help make you successful even more. Um, we're coming up to our first break of the night. We're going to take our first break and we have Dylan here all night and we're going to talk to Dylan about uh, whether this was the path he saw himself on or he just, uh, you know, dreamt his whole life of being an entrepreneur and took the opportunity or, or we'll talk more to him about um, the specifics of his pizza without giving away his secrets because it is very, very good. And I, the pizza is one of my favorite foods. So believe me, I'm, I would be the critic of the pizza and it's delicious. Uh, so we're going to talk to him about the actual, the food too. So we're going to take our first break of the night. Dylan's going to be here all night, so don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And our host tonight is me, Kathy Cook-Noble, and our special guest is Dylan Taylor from Chef Bodies. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. 
by tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. You'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. <clears throat> and tonight, we have a, a very special guest with us, a young entrepreneur, Dylan Taylor. He has taken over the ownership of Chef Bondi's. It's a pizzeria in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada. It is one of the landmarks of St. Thomas. It has been a the business has been there for over 55 years. And Dylan has taken on and carried on with the legacy and, and he's adding a little bit of his own spin to it. He's, he's, uh, I guess a, he's bringing it into uh, current times because he's added a, a website and he's added, he's adding some new and exciting things that we're going to talk about tonight too. Um, but what I think the most important thing is that he has kept the, the quality to the pizza uh, to be exceptional. He's very, very good at making the pizza. He's very good at training his staff and he's very good at maintaining the quality and the, and the integrity of uh, what he has been building on. So Dylan, um, before we went to break, we talked a little bit about uh, how you got started. Um, yep. How are you finding it now that you've, you're kind of uh, you're a bit of a old veteran at it now? You've been in it for a while. Um, how are you finding it? Do you still have the same passion for the business? Uh, are you excited about, you know, adding to it or expanding and some of the new things that you've got going on? Uh, how, how are you now as the, as a, as an entrepreneur with experience, are you still loving it or do you still have some, some nerves sometimes about it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, every day I, I wake up, I'm excited to go to work. I'm excited to interact with the people. Um, and, Honestly, the best part of the job is when you take a pizza out of the oven and you're like, you're proud of that. You got to snap a picture of that. You got to send it to your friends, send it to your mom. You're like, look what I made for dinner. Uh, I think every day is just exciting there for me. I've recently repainted the front, uh, working on the interior as well. 
uh, trying to keep it retro. We've got lots of old theater uh, posters in there and um, just old magazines that we've collected. I actually found a moon landing paper in my office from, I hope I'm not wrong, 1962. I hope that's the year. Oh, wow. Anyhow, yeah. Um, so I'm always finding new decorations for in there, uh, things I can tweak a little bit to try and uh, create I like the old, like, nostalgic aesthetic that place has. A lot of people will come in, and they're always excited that it still looks the way it did when they came in as a kid. Um, and I don't want to change that too much. Obviously, you got to update things here and there. But, yeah, every single day I go in there, I'm excited to see what kind of things I can change, what kind of things I can keep the same and add my little tweaks to, the people I can interact with. And I, I never really got that at any other job. Um, I would wake up and I was just ready to go to work, I guess. But this is like, I wake up and I can't wait to get to work and see what I get to do for the day. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, what, uh, what would you give advice for young entrepreneurs like yourself? So if someone's your age or, you know, in and around that age, uh, what would you tell them about wanting to go into business and uh, what advice would you give them? I think probably the best piece of advice I could give somebody my age or so going into business would be really not to ask the opinion of others if they think it's a good idea. I think if it's something you truly want to do, um, you should just go for it. I mean, if you ask other people, they're going to give you their opinion. And if they don't think business is a good idea, they're going to tell you no. But I mean, who are they really to tell you if you think that's what your dream is or not? If you really believe that you can run a business, you can whatever it may be you want to do, I think you should just go for it. I don't think you should look for outside opinions on that. I think if that's truly what you believe it is you want to do, just go for it. That is that is excellent advice. See, he's, you're just wise beyond your years. You really are. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just, it, it's just so refreshing. I, I mean, truthfully, I, I see people that have been in business for a long time. They're so resistant to change or so resistant to, and I mean, just even changing their mind sometimes, but you're, and I, that's why I have so much faith that you're going to do brilliantly and you are doing brilliantly. Um, I want to ask you though, I know you've got a lot of stuff going on in the restaurant now. So I want to, you introduced something that I thought was genius when the pandemic started and they talked about shutting people down. I get curbside and delivery. And, and frankly, that's, that's not new for a pizza restaurant to have delivery. <laughs> so yeah. but you did something else. You introduced a, a do it yourself kit. Share that a little bit. Yeah. So um, when the pandemic came around, of course, everyone was stuck in their house. Um, there wasn't really any activities anybody could do. So we put together, um, we would package our dough, all of our toppings, and we could deliver a pretty much a pizza kit to your house that you could make yourself. Um, it actually went very well. Uh, lots of people loved it. it. I think it's just a great little activity to do with the family, especially right now while options are limited. Um, yeah, it's just... That, that seems like a good little piece of something you can do with everybody that no one's not going to enjoy. I mean, who doesn't love pizza? And exactly. 
every kid is going to love making a mess with the sauce and everything in there. So I don't think you can go wrong with that. So when people order that, do they, just like they order a regular pizza that you make, do they tell you what toppings and they tell you uh, uh, whether they want, you know, cheese or extra cheese or whatever the case is and you customize them that way? Yeah, that's absolutely it. It's exactly just like ordering a pizza. Um, and then you just, you would just let us know that you want it as a kit and we'll box it up the same way, package all of your ingredients, the dough, the sauce, and then we can just deliver it straight to your house. That's genius. I, I love that. I love that. And are you keeping that as a regular feature going forward yeah, or? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was, uh, I think that's a great move. And uh, what made you think of that? Were you just coming up with different ideas on uh, how to transition your business in this or how did you come up with that? Um, well, it seemed, it, that seemed like the best bet just for right now. Uh, there's all kinds of different things we could have come up with, but I feel like this, there's really no issues that can come with this. I mean, if people don't want to go out of their house or have people um, really deliver stuff or interact with people, we can kind of just drop it off for you and uh, you can do all of that work at your house. I mean, there's, of course, there's going to be people, people that don't want to leave right now or stay indoors. So this just seems like the very best option, in my opinion, anyways. Yeah. And, and it I doesn't think take a whole lot of change. I mean, we just bundle it up and send it on its way. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's a great, it's, it's a great option. And it's a, it's a great event that the family can have. It's not just about ordering the pizza. Now they order the pizza and then they can assemble it themselves. So it gives them a, an activity, which I think, honestly, I think people need. Um, yeah, and it creates memories with the family. And right now people need to, even if you're just stuck at home with the same people you see every day you need to interact with people and I think people are getting uh all across the world frankly are, are getting a little bit of cabin fever because they're not able to go outside and have social time and this this kind of gives them a little bit of for social time that they can have with their family so I think it's brilliant um I want to talk to you I know uh with the website you've you've been doing some work too so these are all new and cool advancements that you've got coming into the restaurant. Um, what, what's going on with the website? Um, so it's still slightly in the works. Um, it is live, so you can use it. Um, we're still tweaking it here and there, though. But basically, the old website was super outdated. Um, I think, well, when I checked it out, it definitely feels like it's from the 2000s area. And uh, so we, we've updated that with online ordering. Uh, you can get your order delivered from online now. Nice. That, that pretty much just to reduce contact with everybody as well. Um, I think people, a lot of people are looking for those kind of options right now. Uh, contactless delivery, phoning in and yeah. stuff. So I think, especially for the younger people as well, a lot of our customers are older, so like they're, 30s plus we don't have a whole lot of younger people that come in so I think getting kind of on the online platforms is a good way to target those people as well yeah and what's the farthest away that you deliver um now there's two-part question the farthest that you would deliver 
uh, pizza for tonight. And then the farthest you, you could deliver one of the, the do-it-yourself kits so people could do it later. Sure. Okay. So um, if you want the absolute honest answer, <laughs> there, uh, there hasn't been a place we haven't delivered yet. I mean, uh, my driver, Chuck, that is pretty much the backbone of my delivery system. Uh, that man will pretty much go anywhere you want him to. I, I think we've even done a delivery to London once. Uh, someone accidentally ordered from London and uh, they, they requested that they were just like, do you want to just deliver it? Absolutely, I do. Sent Chuck on his way to London. Yeah, nice. I mean, it, it's probably not very conventional to send them to London all the time. So we usually try to stick to about Talbotville, um, Shedden is usually about as far as we go, Port Stanley. But honestly, if someone wants a pizza, uh, we'll, we will get it there. I mean, nothing's really going to stop us from sending you a pizza. If you want some pizza from us, I will definitely make sure you get it. <laughs> that's awesome. I, and, <laughs> and you're right, because that's not the norm for a lot of, uh, not a lot of deliveries in general for restaurants. I know uh, when I told my son, because he has a hard time, and, and for people who don't know our area really well, Port Stanley is on the beach and it's probably 15 minutes from 20 minutes from St. Thomas. It's not that far, but it is when you're delivering and a lot of people don't deliver out there. And uh, he was excited because he can he'll order pizza now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's really nothing stopping us. I mean, if it's busy, we probably aren't going to be as able to get it to you but if we've got the time to do it and someone wants a pizza I will do my very best to make sure they get some dinner that's awesome <laughs> and and I know you do and and that's just a one of the other ingredients of your success because you give exceptional customer service um, we'll talk about that we're, we're just up to our second break of the night so when we come back we're going to talk about how you deliver customer service and how you get your staff to, because you're, you as the, the business owner have a different passion than the, the people that you employ, but you have a great staff. So we want to talk about how you train them on their customer service. So we're going to take our second break of the night. We're with Dylan Taylor from Chef Bondi's all for the whole hour. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk to him about customer service. We're going to get some secrets about the new sauce and a little bit more about the pizza. And I'm gonna ask him because I really always wanted to know how often he actually eats pizza for dinner too. Because if I worked in a pizza restaurant, I think I'd be eating it all day and night, but <laughs> uh, don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble and my special guest is Dylan Taylor from Chef Bondi's. We will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. 
Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspirechoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And I have a very special guest tonight, and his name is Dylan Taylor. He is with Chef Bondi's Pizza. He is the owner, operator, entrepreneur, all at the age of 19. That's when he started. Um, and now he's got a little bit of time under his belt, and he's really uh, growing the business, if you will. And he's also carrying on a legacy of a business that he took over when it was 55 years old. So that's pretty, uh, he's got double duty as not just becoming a new entrepreneur, but also having the, the pressure of keeping up a, a legacy and staple in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, where he's stationed. Uh, now, I, I did have some questions come in over our, our break and I, that we have for you, Dylan. And some of them were, uh, in when you were in high school, did you have a, was, did you take business classes? And if you did, were they your favorite classes? Um, actually in high school, I thought I wanted to be a police officer. So I was into the law classes and everything that comes with that. Um, I really, honestly, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in high school. Um, I was, I would always think I knew what I wanted. And then if I really thought about it and thought about like 20 years, 30 years, it was never something that I really saw myself doing for that long. It just didn't seem like something that fit my life that well. I always, I always thought about the business classes and everything, but I didn't really know much about business or really what that entails or how to even go about it. So I never really ventured that far into it either. Uh, the the whole business thing for me was kind of just in the right place at the right time and wanting to see what would happen if I took a chance on it. And that's kind of where I ended up now because of is something just came up and I thought that that's a new, new path for me to try out in life and a new experience for me. So I kind of just went with it. That's awesome. And, and you're happy with your decision, I assume. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah that's that's awesome uh I, I want to ask you I know we have you've been doing some uh experimenting I guess uh, which is obviously normal in a restaurant with different kinds of recipes and stuff and you we talked about how you implemented the do-it-yourself kit which is a, a great success and a brilliant idea uh what have you been doing in terms of your your sauce and your dough and different kinds of toppings and uh, the way you're, you're assembling your pizzas now. 
Okay, so as far as the sauce goes, we have the original recipes that Phil used to use. Uh, we, we got in touch with him. We were able to get the recipes that he actually used because a lot of people were, were wanting those back. Uh, so now we're, we're making our sauces for the pizzas. All of our veggies, we cut up fresh for the day to put on the pizzas. So fresh cut mushrooms, green peppers, all that good stuff. As far as the dough goes, I believe that's pretty well the exact same as Phil had it too. So we're, we're trying to stay very true to exactly how it was operated before. Like I said, I'd love to keep the nostalgia of how everyone remembers that place. I mean, I probably can't nail it 100% because I'm not Phil and I'm not Italian, but <laughs> I'd like to say I'm pretty close. Yeah, yeah, for sure you are. Um, what, what kind of things would you like to try that you haven't that you're allowed to tell us now without disclosing your big secrets for the future. <laughs> okay, sure. So I would love to get the dining room back open for, for like dinner. We haven't really had, even through the COVID that you're allowed to dine in, we haven't had very, very many uh, dine-ins. We get the odd one um, and we used to have lots of it. So I'd love to have like homemade pastas and, um, just different kind of Italian dishes that I think would fit really well with the restaurant back there, as well as I want to have the liquor license back in the future so we can have wines and stuff to go with the dinners. That, that right now is probably my, my biggest dream to kind of put into the business is to just have everything, everything full swing, full menu for the dine-in. We have all of our classic wines and everything back people love that and I think that was really the only place to do that in town in a pizzeria as far as I know and you know I, I should have said uh when I introduced you that because this is kind of uh ironic and and speaks well to you is you actually took over the business three months before we were shut down and the pandemic was announced so yeah. your first year in business has been a hundred percent around the pandemic. And that is, I mean, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around because people who are even in business now who had been in business before uh, the world changed and then you work there and, and then you, okay, I'm going to make this decision and buy it. You buy it. And then boom, the world's like, Hey, by the way, we're going to shut the whole thing down <laughs> so uh how did that when that happened what what went through your mind what, what what kind of adjustments did you think I have to make um well when everything shut down it was it was a little concerning at first just because I mean now we've, we've lost the dine-in portion we can't offer that anymore I at the time I didn't know I don't think anybody really knew if we're going to be fully shut down. I know half of the restaurants didn't really know. So they shut down anyways, even though I guess they never really had to. So that was the biggest concern for me was that everything was going to be fully shut down. I mean, what's worse than buying a business and then them telling you, you have to shut the doors. I mean, you put all your money into it. You got to start making the money back to pay for these things. And if that happens, that would have pretty much been the end of my my business yeah. venture there. <laughs> but um, I like to try and keep a positive outlook on things. I've survived the first year of 
the COVID and that was also my first year of business. And uh, I like to think that if I can survive through COVID, I think I will do pretty well through just regular business. I, I think if I can survive COVID, I can pretty much survive anything. <laughs> that I, I, thought, I think too about you, I for sure think. If you could get through the first year, everybody always says it's really hard your first year. And, and there's a lot of learning and, and it's a very steep curve, as you know. Um, yeah. But man, to go through that and throw in a pandemic and if you can survive that, I, I, I think for you, uh, it's probably going to look like everything else is easy. <laughs> At least I hope for I hope for your sake, it looks like everything's going to be easy. Um, but what what else have you got in the, the pipeline? What's your uh, What's your plan now for you personally and for the restaurant? Well, for me personally, um, I absolutely want to continue into into business and see what other kind of, um, like, like I said, I have no real business experience other than this first year and about a quarter of pizza business. And I can tell you full heartedly, I definitely enjoy business. I enjoy doing business. I enjoy the the problems that come with it, dealing with the customers. If something's wrong, you can fix it. I think I like that part just because it's like, you're like two real people just interacting and fixing something. And it, it feels kind of wholesome to me. But uh, I, I, I would like to see what other kind of businesses also interest me. I mean, I would love to have a variety of different things going on in my life. I, I would really love to just explore all kinds of different businesses and see what ones in, interest me the best, see what it's all about. Like I said, I have no real experience, so I'm pretty much open to trying just about anything. And for the business, I uh, I really want to just get everything, all the menu fully completed. I want to have everything set up for when COVID is done, hopefully soon. We can have our dine-in, we can have our wines. It can be super nostalgic for everybody there. I want to keep the super retro theme as well. And I really just want to, I want to bring life back to Chef Bondi because it's such a landmark in St. Thomas. As you know, it's been around for so long and everybody, everybody you talk to has either worked there at some point or, or they know of it. Even all my teachers in high school have pretty much worked there at some point in their life. So I think to keep the nostalgic factor for everybody, as well as try and keep it the way it was when they were kids. I think that's just a great little piece of St. Thomas to keep around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and maybe would you might even, uh, and I don't know, I'm just asking, but maybe in the future, it's possible to uh, open another location someplace. That might be. Yeah, yeah that would, um, that would be really awesome actually to have a second location. Um, we, we were talking about it when I first opened about a lot of people asked me if I planned on branching out. Of course, I wouldn't know the answer to that at the time, but I would love to. I would love to expand things. I, I mean, the more people I can serve my food to, the happier I am. They're happy, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, no, I think and, and I, that's really how any business gets started. They, they get this great home base. And like you have, and then as you get great staff and which you do, and you hire your staff yourself, don't you? Absolutely. 
Yeah. And when you train them, um, you do the training yourself, right? Yeah. 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 So when you're doing the customer service and, and training them the way that you treat people, it's actually you that is training them. So that explains a lot about why they're, they handle things a lot like you would. Well, I like, I like to, um, I, when, when there's something wrong, I don't want my employees to have to, you know, tell the customer to hold, let me talk to the boss. I mean, no one, if something already went wrong, I don't think they want to also wait. So I, I just give them full power really to, you know, if something's wrong, fix it for them. If, if someone, you know, I like helping the people that come along. If someone's looking for a little bit of food, I've got some extra food let them have it. You know, if someone doesn't pick something up and someone comes in, you know, give them, give them that. I, 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 I'm all about just kind of helping people. I, I like the idea of being a part of the community and not just some business guy. I, I think it goes a lot further if you're actually like an active part of your community and you're helping people as opposed to just kind of selling your product to the people in the city. So when something is wrong, I, I really like my employees to treat the customer as a friend instead of a customer. You know, if your friend had something go wrong, you'd be right there to help them. So if something's wrong with our customers, just help them out, make it better for them. And I, I think that's the key to success is you just you treat your customers more like friends than customers. And you say you don't have a lot of business experience, but you have more wisdom in business than people who have been there for tens of years. So that's so awesome. Um, this is why it's so exciting for me to watch you and your business grow. I think it's great. Um, we've, we're up to our last break of the night though. I just noticed actually we might've gone over, but we won't tell Jen, the producer. Um, we're up to the last break of the night that we're going to take. And when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll have our final conversation with Dylan and he'll tell me how much pizza he really eats. And we will give you the uh, information on how to get a hold of Dylan if you want, or if you want to order pizza, which I highly recommend, then uh, we'll share his number with you as well. So you are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. And our special guest, Dylan Taylor from Chef Bondi's, uh, is here tonight. And we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. 
Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And we've been talking to Dylan Taylor for the, uh, the whole show about his business, Chef Bondi's, that he took over uh, when he was just 19 years old. And which I, I say because it's it, it actually blows my mind because it, it's so impressive on how well he's done and how uh, I think of him when I hear of uh, all the negative stuff about people in their 20s and late teens. And, and I think, yeah, but you haven't met Dylan. And he's just got a beautiful business and he's hardworking and he's super likable. And that's where I think, and he just, it's just a natural, natural for him to do well. I, I think from my own perspective, <laughs> um, what, what have you learned the most Dylan and other than the COVID stuff, what is it that you've learned the most from your business and uh, the biggest learning curve you had uh, and th- maybe the difference between what you thought it was going to be like versus what it's actually like being in business. Sure. That's a, that's a pretty good question. So well, I think mine, that's for your chat room. <laughs> <laughs> People want to know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, uh, I think the most important or biggest thing that I've learned is, uh, is probably leadership. I have always had an issue with, uh, anxiety and things like that um kind of asking people for things or even worse telling someone something that I need done uh it was very bad when I took over I but that's also another thing that kind of got me into taking over was knowing that this can help me kind of overcome that fear so not only am I buying a business but I'm also working on something that I think could really improve my life if I go go through with this so I think just being able to be a leader is absolutely the strongest thing that I've been able to take out of owning a business. I have really no issues asking for things or saying when I need something done. And uh, that that's very strong to have because before I couldn't do that, I couldn't even ask for a broom before. It was, it was pretty bad. And now if, if I need something done, which honestly, my employees are great for it. They come in and they go straight to work. So it's, it's rare that I even have to ask them anymore. But just, just knowing that I've overcome this anxiety issue that I've had, maybe not fully, but I'm a lot further along than I was a year ago. And I, I think that's probably the best thing for me because anxiety is something a lot of people deal with. So just being able to to know that I've overcome that part of me that really held me back in a lot of things is really that's worth all the money I put into the business alone. I mean, if I lost the business but kept the ability to not be anxious about stuff as much as I was before or do stuff without worrying myself to the point of not being able to do it, that that's worth every bit of money ever invested into the business anyways. I mean, that just helps you so far along in life. And I, I think the uh, the biggest learning curve uh, for me, I think, would be probably just just a very good management on how exactly to assess things that need to be done in a certain order. For example, before I could kind of just do it and make sure it's done before my shift was over. Uh, now it's this needs to be done before that or this guy's going to be mad and it's going to make this other guy mad so I think trying to just figure out exactly what needs to be done in what order is 
it was kind of hard for me. I'm not sure why it was hard for me. It seems like something that's pretty simple, but it, it was a bit of a struggle at first to just, maybe it was because I had so much new stuff to learn and it was just all at once that had to be figured out. That's why it was a struggle for me. But I, I think I've got it down pretty good now. I mean, I would say I, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. what was the third question? Um, I think it was, did you th- what was, did you think there, what it was going to be like, um, what you were expecting as an owner versus what it's actually like as an owner? Right. Yes. Okay. So uh, what I was expecting business to be like, what I was thinking it was going to be like, um, basically I, I saw it from a younger kind of point of view when I was like 16 is when I started working. So I didn't really see a lot of like the behind the scenes for everything. You know, I saw my boss, he'd get angry at me here and there for things. And he, you just see him doing some odd stuff here and there. So I didn't really, honestly, I, I didn't know how much came along with a business. Um, I, I, I just never really had a grasp on how much really there is that needs to be done behind the scenes and not just what people see. And I think, not that it was an unpleasant surprise. <laughs> it was just very surprising to me to see how much there really is that needs to be managed. Um, the amount of people that you need that to actually help you make the business work. For example, your bookkeepers and your, your accountants, your friends and family that come and help you when you need help. And I, I think that's the part that surprised me the most was just how many people are really involved. You know, you, you talk about the one owner, but you never really see how many people are actually standing behind him, helping, helping them run the business. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We have like one minute left before we have to say goodbye, but you, you, do you eat pizza every day? I got to know. Cause I can't imagine <laughs> how I could if I was there. Honestly, every time I make a pizza and it comes out of the oven, it makes me want pizza. Um, (laughs) Like people will come in and I will be like, that is an amazing combination. You're making me want lunch now. (laughs) I, I I try not to eat pizza every day. I, I I can't imagine. Yeah. I I don't think I'd feel too good if I ate pizza every day. That's a little bit much for me, but. I got five seconds left, Dylan. I'm so sorry to cut you off. That's all good. Thank you so much for joining us. Check out Chef Bondi online. And we'll be back next week. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.